Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be really emotional. There is no loss for being honest. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. The responsibility we feel towards the world, like questioning, challenging, say something. Raw and vulnerable and open conversation. That was the best part. I'm scared of the friendship. Taking a breath. Just talk. Shame and guilt. Vulnerabilities. <laughs> that was about to be What does it really mean to be friends? We trust the real work that we do is overcoming our insecurities every day and learning how to love more. It has examples of the change we want to see in the world. Just talk. taking a breath. So if we just take a breath. Well, my face is on fire from the doctors. <laughs> To have healthier relationships with women, they need healthier relationships with other men. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. So I'm in an open relationship with my husband, and my husband and I sold our house ten months ago. We have twins that are four years old, we travel around the world, and this is my boyfriend. Hi! <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Amory. This one, I gotta say, you guys, this one is for me. This one is for Marty and I. It is a recording of one of the most powerful moments in our life as a partnership. You read the title, maybe you had to read it twice. Almost the end of a marriage and a promise to recommit. Yeah, it was that serious. And it's not what you're thinking. You might have been thinking, well, maybe polyamory didn't work for them. Uh, not the case at all. Um, I thank polyamory for being my learning path here. It was really over the last three weeks, three weeks, um, getting a chance to see my own destructive behaviors and patterns and how that affected my relationship with Marty. Now sitting on the other side of this conversation, which I'm happy to share, but feeling feeling like it's a lot to put myself out there. I'm channeling my inner Brene Brown, my my vulnerability and courage to share this episode. Um, it's really raw. It's really vulnerable. Hang in for the whole thing. Listen to the whole thing because there's so much in there. You'll find out why I went from the queen of denial to the queen of swords. Um, you'll hear about the biggest breakdown that Marty and I have ever had in our relationship and uh, and then me owning up to that and how that has gotten us through to a recommitment of the relationship. You'll hear how Marty has also been able to work through. This is a really, really big episode and I think it's important for us to share it. I think for anyone that has a partner or, uh, God, it's for so many reasons, owning our shit in life is huge. Um, I've been the queen of denial, so you'll hear more in the episode about how that affected our relationship over the years. This is an episode I'm really proud to share and as always would love your feedback. So listen to it and let us know if it connected with you in any way. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, Marty. Hi, Megan. <laughs> so we are right now in Belgium. We've been in Belgium for feels like an eternity because it's been so intense. But it's been, what, two weeks, a little over? I have no idea. Yeah, we are. You have no idea. We literally have lost all concept of time. Uh, we're at my, when I lived in Belgium when I was 18, 
Um, I lived on a farm, a farm like a real working farm with tractors and cows, and we're back on the farm, although they don't have any cows anymore. So. I did drive a tractor. You did. That was yesterday. With my son. <laughs> he steered. He's he four. It. He was awesome. Yeah. It was so sweet. The smile on his face was so huge. I have pictures. I know. You're an amazing daddy. Our daughter rode a horse. Yes, she did. She rode a horse, a big horse, on a saddle and bareback with one of our uh, my host brother's girlfriend's horse. Yes, it was amazing. I'm so grateful for these experiences. It's really sometimes I just... It's hard to believe that this is our life. It really is. You forget sometimes. I do. I forget, actually, that, that we're in the driver's seat of creating this life. And uh, that's actually what I want to talk about today is, oh, I can already tell this is going to be super emotional for me. <laughs> oh, wow. <sighs> okay. <laughs> it's going to be really emotional. Because the last couple of weeks have been so intense for me personally and for us. But really, I know that this is my I, I feel like I've I've been going through a system upgrade, <laughs> like an emotional system upgrade. And it's been a lot to see some of the patterns and some of the my destructive behaviors, um, destructive towards me and destructive towards us and our relationship. And so right now, oh, <laughs> My commitment and why we're recording this, I was telling you before we hit record on this, that I, this is really a conversation for us. It's for you and I. It's to, for me to lock in the learning that I've been doing, um, to recognize your role in that. And uh, really from the podcast from the beginning has been a really fantastic record keeper and, and learning vehicle for us. So I've listened back to the other podcasts that we've done and I've even learned from shit I've said or that you've said or that Kyle said so far. And I love it for that. So this is really like um, a record keeper of our life. Similarly for me, this is evidence <laughs> because you like denial. I know that will make so much more sense as we dig into the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I do. This is evidence. Like <laughs> we are submitting to the court <laughs> this piece of evidence. So Megan has this incredible ability to deny what's right in front of her. Like yeah. instantly after something happened, she will do something. And I'll be like, why did you do that? should be like, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? Exactly. And it's there's like seven witnesses. There's an <laughs> affidavit. And she's like, didn't happen. Uh, yeah, it is. We all have our own skewed version of reality. And my skewed version of reality, this is a big realization of the last two weeks, is that I use, I use denial as a defense mechanism. Now, I don't, didn't study psychology. I just literally have looked up a couple articles on, on denial and uh, it just fits so much. <laughs> Jokingly, Marty has called me the queen of denial for years, really years, because I knew the archetype of queen is one that I identify with. And uh, that's actually been really helpful. Just having a like a character to identify with. But queen of denial, I didn't I, I would laugh at it and kind of just brush it off. But I never really. I was in denial about how much my denial was hurting you and hurting us. So it's like number one. It got to a point where it was killing me. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we discussed in our coffee chat was how it's caused me to mute myself completely to the point where part of this process of our transition abroad and as minimalists was me 
not only relinquishing all leadership roles, but it was to reject literally all leadership roles in my life. My brother runs our company. He's well suited for it. Mm -hmm. It's the right time for him to take over. I work for him. I abdicated the entire trip to you, where we go, how we get there, what we spend, who we visit. I got rid of the house, which wasn't even really mine to get rid of. Uh, the car, also not in my name. Everything mm -hmm. that, that, <clears throat> that people were assigning me leadership to, I got rid of. Mm -hmm. So I became the king with no kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> That's Marty's archetype is the king because I feel like people have always seen you as someone that, that has power that even you didn't understand when you were younger, but that you didn't, you didn't necessarily want it. So you've gone through this process of shedding it. And uh, yeah, so you're the arch archetype of king with no kingdom. And I love it. Kyle's the knight with no, without armor. <laughs> and then my archetype that, you've helped me to realize is the queen, the queen of swords, <laughs> the queen of swords, which I love because it's so backwards and fantastic and so true. And I think what I've started to realize is that those swords that I always attributed to, to you, because I like to blame you a lot or to people in my life were actually, I, I was holding the swords and I was like jabbing them into myself and then blaming everyone around me saying, how could you do this? And it was, a really big victim mentality of my life. So my strategy was to tie my hands and put myself in the dungeon and then mm -hmm. mute myself completely. Yeah. I literally at the beginning of this trip rejected all ambition, meaning I like contrast. I'm not the type of guy that dials down ambition. I was the type of guy. I will not have ambition. I will not seek vision. I've said it in previous podcasts. I will not, I wasn't willing to participate in my friends' visions and their business. And we just recently looked up the etymology of ambition and, uh, ambi in the ambience and the, and the, to seek social and ere to go. It's to go and seek validation in your vision because we need a group. We need the, the tribe. We need the communities that we're in to believe in what we're up to in order for it to become real. And I sought to kill all of that so much so that you know, one of my confessions that that has been, and anyone who knows me knows that I don't give a shit about this, is that while I don't drink, I'm a prolific pot smoker and smoked every day, had a medical license in Illinois for PTSD, and legitimately felt addicted to that. And only recently have I suddenly just stopped, and it became mm -hmm. a moment of power that I started to get back, but that's where our conflict started to yeah. come into play because I started to uh, take a stand for myself mm -hmm. that I am the healthiest I've ever been emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. I am at peace. I'm very present. And now I'm starting to have a greater vision of the future. Mm -hmm. Thanks to, you know, the triangulation of my lover really pointing out things to me that you would deny to me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, since I'm not willing to mute myself anymore, I have had no draw to marijuana. I haven't had it in, I think, 20 days, mm -hmm. plus in the last 40 days. I think uh, I've taken 30 of those days where I haven't had any. And I don't know if I'll go back, <clears throat> maybe recreationally with friends, mm -hmm. but I'm not 
even interested in the moment. And I had to come to grips with some of the lies I've told myself. And I think that was for me a really big, a really big one to sit with is that I, I did blame you for quote unquote needing to smoke pot every day. And I, I kind of blamed you and resented you to have to, to, to do that, to have that in your life. I never, never thought that I, I was involved in that. And now after we've gone through, and this is a lot to unpack, but that there's the way that I've interacted with you has, it caused you to seek coping mechanisms like smoking pot to shut yourself down. Yeah. And I, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I, I, one thing that I started to realize, and you've been saying this for a while, you've been saying that it's really hard to create together. It's really hard to plan together because you, you suggest something and then I shut you down because I have a sub agenda. I have, I had other things. And unless you guessed exactly right, exactly what I wanted to do, I would shut you down. I would be my queen of swords character and I would take you out. It got to a point where I refused to answer the question. What do you want to do? Yeah. And then I just blamed you. I'm like, why don't you want to create with me? And I I did. I blamed you the whole time. I was like, Marty's impossible to create with. He doesn't even want to participate. But I then, again, I didn't, I wasn't acknowledging my role in that. My role in, well, why doesn't he want to participate? What is the, how am I treating him when he does? And it's now, I mean, now I see it. Now it feels like really, really clear. But I think that's what dismantling the denial has done is like, that's why it's so emotional because everything that I've been denying has been flooding in. It's like the view of who I have been in the past. It's just all, it's all breaking down right now and in rebuilding in a really great way because now I feel empowered in our relationship more. I feel way more connected to you. And I, that's the crazy part is we've done so much work already. And I, I thought, I really thought that a lot of these paradigms like resent and blame were just done. But I, I, I was seeing the resent and blame, but I didn't get to the root of it. I wasn't at the root of it, which is, I think, ultimately kind of a victim mentality for myself. I wasn't even understanding my own needs. So that was another huge revelation these past weeks is that there was no way I could honor your own, your needs as my partner because I wasn't even giving my, myself space to acknowledge my own needs. So I was in denial of my own needs. And then I would be afraid, though, that my needs weren't going to get met. So then I would have all these sub agendas that I wasn't telling you about, which you felt you knew. You always knew that those were there. I had to become a mind reader. Yeah. It's like you would come in with an issue. You wouldn't say anything. Your energy would shift. Maybe you'd get passive aggressive. And then I'd guess and I'd just take on something. Mm-hmm. I made you do all the work. That's right. You you did. Yeah, you did your work and you did mine. And I think the big shift here and the wonderful thing about breaking patterns is as soon as you took a stand for yourself and broke the pattern of I will not be treated like this anymore, that it's it's made it's like put a backdrop or context against my behavior. And now I can see it clearly in the moment. So, again, it's almost it's like you're still doing both of our work. Like you're still doing the work by saying, no, I will not, I will not participate in this behavior or this pattern again. And I, and then I know that that's how couples, that's how we relate to people is we have these patterns. And it's been really theoretical for me 
I've understood like, okay, we get into these patterns, we have these emotional patterns, and then we have these behavioral patterns. But really over the last couple of weeks, it's been the, the muck, the mud of acknowledging them, taking down my defense mechanism of denial, allowing all of your feedback to really, really, really sink in to actually see and experience how much I've been hurting you with that. And at the same time to not fold back in on myself, because one of my major paradigms is I'm going to fuck this up. Like whatever I do, I'm going to mess it up. So I've been afraid of myself for messing things up. And of course, then relating to you or anyone else in my life, I'm going to coming from that fear paradigm of I'm going to fuck this up. It, it created it. I've been literally creating my own fear. So I would believe I'm going to fuck this up. Anything would happen and anything you give me any feedback. And then, of course, I fold it back in on myself like, oh, yeah, see, there I go. I fucked it up again. And it was just the circular, this like vicious cycle of anything I did, anything that we did that was in between us. I would use it as proof to prove to myself, see, anything I try to do, I try to do something good and I fuck it up. And it just was like this crazy pattern. And what's crazy is you married the fuck up <laughs> because that was what I was called in grade school and junior high and high school. There was money but against me graduating high school. There were people that doubted I would live past 18. No one thought I would graduate from college. I was the fuck up. Mm -hmm. I owned that and I became fuck up. And that fuck up mentality served me because I don't have the same paradigms as the average citizen of society because I'm so willing to fuck things up mm -hmm. that that's been how I've succeeded is that I fail a lot and I fail often and I don't give a fuck about failing. Mm -hmm. I just keep going until it succeeds. Yeah. And your view of failure on yourself then yeah. projects on top of me. Totally. Then I would judge you. Judge me for totally any idea. You, I remember yeah. one time you said to me, you don't like all of my ideas because none of them come true. And I'm like, this is like a brainstorming session. It's like the <laughs> whole point is to come up with a whole bunch of ideas, maybe find one that's inspiring and aim at it a little bit. Yeah. And then adjust when things don't go as planned so that you, you aim at something, but your fear was so strong, you wouldn't let me aim at anything. Mm -hmm. So I muted it all out. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Yeah. You talk, like one of the things that you do, and maybe you can admit this or not, is you leave a lot of ambiguity when you talk about me mm -hmm. to others. Mm -hmm. So much so that when we had this breakdown a couple of weeks ago, you reached out to our tribu and you left a message where one of our Chibu members is like, it made it sound like I was beating you because you leave so much ambiguity yeah. in there. You don't actually say details about me and you leave people up to their own idea of who I am. And it seems so intense that I must only be this abusive jerk. And it kills me mm -hmm. because it's like a half truth or a mission mm -hmm. uh, or you own shit that, that I do as your own. Yeah. And so what, in your opinion, I would like to know <laughs> as evidence, what stand did I take that shifted this? Okay, there's a lot to cover there. The stand that you took is that you're no longer willing to believe yourself as toxic in a relationship. What happened? What do you mean? What happened? What was the What was the turning point? What, oh, the what? almost breakdown. It was the like, oh my god, I'm going to lose my husband. Oh my god, this relationship is it's like a train wreck that's happening in slow motion. And what I'm happened going to, that day? 
Oh, okay. Okay. I need to talk about and confront my ego right now because I feel like those are, those are patterns that I'm breaking that have been running me my entire, I will, no, I will, I will, (laughs) I will, but I want to say why it's hard. I want to say why it's hard because I, I have such a drive to want to look good. I have such a drive to want to be superior. So everything that's connected to my, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Right there. I want to stop you. Mm -hmm. And this is for anyone listening. If your desire is so strong to look good, that automatically puts me in the position to look bad yeah. for your benefit. Yeah. Yeah. But we had paradigms that matched that way because if you, you ultimately believed like one of your paradigms that was running you was that you're not worthy or that you're oh, a that fuck I'm, up. Like well, you're, look, I, that you I, can't look good actually. So yours was, you can't look good. And mine was, I can't look bad. So I, of course, like how did we generate that, that relationship and the paradigm and what people thought of us? The beginning of our marriage for what, 12 years, 13 years of it, I always told everybody I married up Mm -hmm. and I was lucky. Mm -hmm. And I fed into that paradigm. Yeah, you totally did. Right. But so I stopped. Yeah. Because I'm now like healthy. Mm -hmm. And And I thank your lover so much for loving you and creating this contrast of clean love versus, versus the dirty love. And thank our children too, because I feel like a, a great dad. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm really love being a dad to them and I feel like I'm doing a good job yeah. and I, it's given me, and I've needed people like my lover, like my father, like my family, mm-hmm. like my friends, like strangers to tell me that. Yeah. Because I, I was also terrified that I was toxic to my children, but no, I'm, I, I now see my impact on others can be quite positive mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't want to accept the toxic burden breakdown and, and lesser than. So yeah. I stopped, but then I'm going to put the question right uh, back to you yeah. because well, I don't want to say this. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to tell this story. It's kind of like being a polyamorous man and trying to tell a, a woman <laughs> that you just meet that you're polyamorous. She's like bullshit. <laughs> right? Cause all of you men are dogs and you lie. And so, you, you automatically set up this paradigm in society that I'm a liar. So mm-hmm. if I tell this story, it has I no will, power. Yeah. So I will tell it. I will tell it and I will admit and this, I have to keep telling on myself because the, the, what I don't want to run me, which is always run me or 90% of my life has been the, I need to look good. I need to feel superior because of my fear paradigm of I'm going to fuck it up. I had to try so hard, like everything in my ego, everything in my life has been about doing everything as perfectly as I can. And that if anything messes up that or I just even don't do stuff that I'm going to fuck up or I don't try or I blame it on someone else. And uh, it's been really hard for me to accept my role in things. I will share this and we'll totally get emotional because it's <laughs> whew, because it's still an open <sighs> shit. Because it's still an open wound for me in experience and experiencing how much I hurt you in that process. And I will share it because I'm committed to I'm committed to this and I'm committed to you and I'm committed to our relationship and I'm committed to getting over these fears and not being run by my ego. And I'm committed to sharing this process because that's the person that I want to be in this world, (laughs) which is ironic because I have to look really bad. in order to be the person that I want to be. So here we go. Um, 
we were getting ready to go out um, to walk downtown Namur with the kids, and it was a beautiful day. And you and I were talking, and I asked you a simple question, like, do you want to leave your stuff here? Or, you know, can we move it? And you said, I want to leave it there. And then what did I do? I went and moved it. And it was just, it was one of those examples of, even on a small level, at things that you've been saying for months and years, which is when when you ask me something, then then please consider it. And then I just, I'd like do what I want to do anyway. Accept my answer. Yeah, accept my answer. I, there a little yeah. precursor to this is yeah, we yeah. had a brilliant morning with kids. We did. We were mm-hmm. ready to, we were like super ready to go. The energy, which is really something I want to inject here. Our energy positive is mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Right. Like being with you is, is amazing. Most of the time, mm-hmm. except for when you ask me the questions of what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do with this stuff? So it's literally my computer, my stuff. Yeah. Which, by the way, is everything I own. <laughs> I have a single backpack and a suitcase. The suitcase is closed, but my things mm-hmm. is in that backpack. You asked me about the things that go in my backpack. The only things I mm-hmm. own. And where did I want to keep them? Right on the table. And I answered. Mm-hmm. But your gut response is to negate everything mm-hmm. for years. <clears throat> That's a small example of what has been happening. For it was the a straw. It was the straw yeah. that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the first experience. Yeah. So you tried to give me that feedback, and I refused. I refused that feedback because, again, in denial, like I'm not doing anything. You know, this is such a small thing. And uh, and so I did what I always do, which is blame you, blame you for having any reaction that is other than what I think you should be, how I think you should be reacting. And uh, and so I didn't I didn't own that. Like it, it was uncomfortable as we were walking downtown and you expressed you're like, hey, I just wanted to have a really great day. And uh, I was like, well, we still can. But I didn't own. I just was still refusing to own any part of my my role in that interaction. And oh, this is a really hard part. So we go down. We have lunch. It, it's still it's there's still so much tension, and I'm still blaming you for how the morning went because uh, that's that's what I did. I just blame you, and uh, without owning my stuff. And so we go and we go get ice cream with the kids and this guy comes up and he starts speaking English and he's like, Oh, Hey, you know, I don't hear English a lot here. I'm a four year old daughter. I see you have kids, Would you guys, you know, would you want to meet up? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, yes. I'm going to wait, wait, wait. I'm going to, I, I want this to be complete. I'm going to protect my own persona and character mm-hmm. in this because I need to. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to add some stuff to this story. Mm -hmm. So on our walk downtown, I was nearly in tears. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to have a beautiful day. And it was a beautiful day. And it was supposed to be with our kids together. And I I asked why this is happening. And when we went to that restaurant, I was quiet. Mm -hmm. So I think you leave ambiguity out there to make you think like I'm vicious or that I that I that I provoked. No, you know what? You just, you hadn't let me off the hook. That was it. it. Like I wanted to be relieved of the pit in my stomach that I had. And I refused. And you refused. And that's all I wanted. I wanted to be like, just relieve me. Just relieve me of any of this feeling that I'm having right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my, my whole point 
was silence and no to just, I'm not accepting. Mm -hmm. There was a straw that broke the camel's back. I'm not going to do your work for you. Mm -hmm. I am not going to own any part of ruining this day. Mm -hmm. I am simply not going to move forward in in the state of being blamed Mm -hmm. for your actions. And I could tell that I was fully triggered, like full on 100% trigger mode. So that is the fear response, the fight or flight response. And what I'm learning now is that it's like the the visceral reaction that I get in my body when I feel that my stomach drops. It It's like it's sinking. I My chest gets tight. I feel like I'm not grounded. And uh, that's I'm learning. I'm learning, actually, that there's the reason that we have that response is that our body literally pulls all of our blood from our um, from our digestive system and our immune system. And it puts it towards the heart and the brain. So it's like, okay, great. I'm ready to fight. But it was really or run a run, (laughs) which is what I usually do. But I was so in this fear response that I like I, I didn't feel grounded. I was like, wanting to hold on to anything solid outside of me um, because I, I didn't feel safe, but I realized I wasn't creating a safe space for myself or me or you. So yeah. before we went to go get ice cream, another key element, I believe, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, is you kept asking me what I want to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I kept saying, I won't participate. This is your city. This is your history. This is your dream come true. This is your desire. Whether or not I state what I want or not, you're going to do what you want to do anyway. Mm -hmm. And if I state something and it's not right, I'm going to pay for it. But I'm going to pay for it twice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay for it because of the way you're going to treat me. I'm going to pay for it because I was stupid enough in my own experience to voice my opinion. So I hurt myself because I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I bite that? It's that... Charlie Brown and Lucy, where she pulls the football back every time he goes mm-hmm. to kick it, and I'm and he's dumb enough to every time believe her that she's not going to do it this time. Is like that's my experience mm-hmm. that I'm going to kick this football again, and she's going to pull it away. So anytime I actually voice my opinion, and you pull that football away, I beat myself up mm-hmm. for biting. Mm-hmm. And so it's a double whammy unless I guess right. Mm-hmm. But again. I'm finally at a point where there's a straw that broke the camel's back where I was just not going to give you that. No. I made you choose. Yeah. And I felt so, I felt like my world was spinning. I felt so disoriented because I was being so confronted with my own, my own behavior. And I really, I just wanted to keep blaming you. It was like defense mechanism, (laughs) like blame, 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 blame. Yeah. So then we got ice cream. Then we got ice cream. But you, I didn't get ice cream. No. I stood 10 feet back mm-hmm. on the sidewalk while you managed the kids to get ice cream. Yep. What happened? Then what happened? <laughs> uh, an attractive Belgian guy <laughs> comes up and literally asks for my number to get the kids together. And then he sees that you're in the picture and it's, you're fine. You actually grabbed my phone and helped put the number in my phone. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm confident. Yeah. Because you're all good. I know what he's doing. <laughs> I have no problem. No. So we get the ice cream, say goodbye to this guy, and I... I'm standing there quietly yeah. with my kids sitting on the edge of a monument, one in the sun, one in the shade. Mm-hmm. I'm just breathing. Yeah. And I tell you I can't 
I think it's better if we have the afternoon apart because I couldn't, I couldn't be with your energy because your energy was just putting something back for me, which was, Hey, like deal. There's something to deal with here. And I just wanted to be in denial and I just wanted it to not be there. And I just wanted to not have to confront it or face it or see my role and see my impact and, and our current dynamic there. So I asked you to go. I asked you, I was like, I will hang out with the kids and you are the chef. And so you had agreed to cook dinner for our friends. And I said, why don't, why don't you go get the groceries for the dinner that you're going to make tonight? So right in that experience with my children there eating ice cream on this beautiful sunny day in the mirror, I got kicked out. Mm -hmm. So I went for my walk go get groceries yeah and at this point I I still had that pit in my stomach I was I felt so so not grounded I felt so not safe and here I am feeling feeling like I'm literally falling we're in the middle of Namur I've got the two kids and I'm like I don't even know what I'm gonna do what am I gonna do right now what am I gonna do right now Oh, this is the part that's so hard for me to tell on myself. <laughs> well, before you go and tell that, yeah. on my walk, I did something that I've done a lot in our relationship. Um, normally, I would do this with marijuana, which is something I didn't have, didn't want at the time. But I would, I go for a walk, and I get really, really real. And I ask myself, well, I know Megan's not going to change. So I've got to evolve over this if I want this to stop. But this time as I was walking, I'm like, I don't know what else I can do. I was pretty hopeless at this point because I'm, I think I'm doing everything I can and I'm, I'm out of cards to play and I don't know how to evolve over this other than to just like eat a bullet with you on this one. And I, I'm, I was at this juxtaposition where I can't keep eating bullets with you. Like, cause that takes down my health. It takes down mm -hmm. my, my path and my path is positive, which is what I want for my kids. Mm -hmm. Now here the kids play the big role because I'm not willing to bend and show them unhealthy daddy mm -hmm. because I'm not going to go down that route because that's not what I'm going to show four year olds because they, they, they're learning from. Yeah. what we that they see who, yeah who we are mm -hmm. so i'm i'm in a state of despair and oh by the way i'm shopping in the mirror belgium which is a french-speaking country and i speak no french and had expressed earlier in the morning when mm -hmm. it was great that i was super excited to go with you because you're mm -hmm. fluent in french and because while i can manage with google translate and a little bit of french and i'm not that scared it's incredibly difficult and it takes a lot longer and it's stressful Mm -hmm. So now I am depleted, defeated, lost, hopeless, and I have to go buy groceries to cook a dinner when I have no energy and do it in French mm -hmm. in your city mm -hmm. when you're supposed to be with me yeah. and my kids. And I had sent you away. Mm -hmm. So here's the next part. I sent you away and I felt like I was falling. I felt so disoriented and I was trying to grab safety outside of me I was like well what can I do that's going to just stabilize me and I literally thought what can I do that will distract me 
And in that, I was like, oh, well, this guy that we just met knows the city. He's from here. He has a daughter. Let's hang out with him for a little bit. I say it right now, and I'm just like, what the fuck? What the fuck was I thinking? And I know now, later, that this was me, my subconscious, screaming out, going, warning, warning, red light, red light, red light. Like, this is, you know that this is not a good path. And I knew it. I knew my stomach was so, so heavy. I was in such a fear response. I was doing, I was like scrambling. I'm like, anything I can do to get out of myself. And so reached out to this guy, sent a text. He was like, yeah, great, picking up my daughter right now after school. We can meet back by the ice cream place, and then then we go. And I... I had this flash of, whoa, I didn't even ask for consent, which is what you and I have talked about a lot, like even on this podcast, that I don't ask for consent. Did you have that and experience? I, what? Oh, yeah. yeah. That I didn't ask for consent. And then I was like, oh, well, now it's kind of too late. I can either lie and say, hey, are you okay with me meeting up with this guy? Or I can just tell you that I'm doing it. So that was me to kind of relieve my own guilt. I was like, well, I'll just tell Marty. Hey, Marty, I'm hanging out with this guy and his daughter. That's just what I'm going to do. I'm going to distract myself. I don't remember the exact message, but I remember sending it and going. It was like it was like a slow train wreck. It was it was like decision after decision after decision that I was making was like worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And I felt like I was spiraling down, but I didn't know I was like looking outside of myself for for any way to stabilize the world that I felt like internally was flipped upside down. It was like somebody show me the, the where the ground is because I'm not feeling it right now. And now I know now I can sit back and it like hurts me to, to say it doesn't like doesn't hurt. It's hurting me less now that I'm processing it more. And we've talked about it a lot and we're sharing it now. Uh, but now I see how how scary it is to make decisions from a place of fear like that. And how now I'm learning to go, whoa, that's the first, that's the first place. So since then I've started working with someone on how to create the safety within my own self first, because that's always what I've sought from you. Like I've made you create a place of safety for me, which is backwards. You can't create the place of safety for me. Only I can create that, that place of safety for me. I can be a and safe I didn't, place. You can be a safe place, but it's not your job to create my safety. So what I'm, I mean, I'm kind of like jumping ahead, but I want to go back to that moment because I, it was a train wreck, like literally train wreck. I, I ended up meeting up with this guy. We focused on the kids. We talked in English a little bit and it took me, I knew, I knew that I shouldn't be doing that. I knew how wrong it felt. How long was your date? <laughs> My date. Yeah. 45 minutes. So this is where having an open relationship yeah. actually served us quite a bit because this wasn't to me, uh, I was able to compartmentalize the impact that it wasn't like sex. It wasn't attraction. There wasn't, there's not this jealousy that I have. I don't have mm-hmm. the jealousy towards it. So I was able to compartmentalize it, but it was still so fucked up because I was in this position of like, did you just in the middle of a fight in the middle of denying all of this, did you just go on a date with a guy that just picked you up? And the answer is like, the yeah. Yeah. The answer is yeah. It's fucked up, but yeah. I mean, now I'm grateful for the experience because I feel like that was what I needed to it was like I needed to see how much I was capable of going down this path of destruction, literally of destroying our relationship. I don't think if we weren't already in an open relationship, I think that if what I, I did jealous, like, like I what were I, in the past, that yeah. would have destroyed me. Yeah, and what I did could have easily 
easily broken us up right right there. Wait, there's like, more. Yeah. So I get this text and I I think I, I, I might have already been back at our friend's place or I I'd given up on the last part of shopping because you often can't get everything at one store. And I, I walked back to their place and uh I sat down on the couch and I physically shut down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was shock. It was definitely a self-preservation mode where I, I couldn't take any more stimulus. So I, I basically, I don't know if I fell asleep or passed out sitting up on the couch until, until I came back. Until you came back with yeah. the kids and I had to pull myself up because of the kids. Mm-hmm. Which you did. You did with the kids, but I, at that point, again, I was still so much in this, like, I could see at that point what I was doing. And it was so confronting. My reality, it felt, literally my reality was breaking. It was breaking. And to see the impact that I had on you and to know it and to finally, finally fucking own it, finally own it and go, I am destroying this relationship. Like, it is me. I can, I could try to blame you, but that is the, that is the trap that kept on kept us in this vicious cycle. And so for me, oh, for me to own it in that moment and go, holy shit, what am I doing? Really, what am I doing? It was, it was, it was this really, truly the energetic slap in the face that I needed that was like, Megan, wake, wake up, like, wake up. This is your time to really realize the impact that you have, the, the power that you have in the relationship. And if you love this man, you will own this a hundred percent and put this, put this back on track. So this came down to now the kids are in bed and we're having this late night chat. And for the first time in my experience with you now, I've had this running fear since we've been married Mm -hmm. that you'd eventually divorce me. Mm -hmm. And I've had this realization when we had the kids and your heart was off that, you divorce me and take everything. You own everything. I own nothing. And I, I have always lived in this subposition to you mm-hmm. that I married up, that all of this stuff and I would lose my kids and I wouldn't battle for my kids in a divorce because my parents weaponized me in a divorce until I had enough. Like I got to a point in my own power. I don't know how, but like 14, 15 years old where if my parents mentioned each other's name i would literally verbatim say to them shut the fuck up mm-hmm. i would shut it down it was so destructive it was so mm-hmm. like there was nothing good that was yeah. going to come after that and it was always going to be me in the middle of it mm-hmm. so i just shut it down mm-hmm. and i i became a very dangerous 15 year old at that point and that was probably the highlight of like the start of my diablo years but the the night ended with me taking a stand for the first time and switching the table around and being like, holy shit, I think I would divorce her if this were to continue. And and you said it. And I asked you if you even love me Mm -hmm. because I didn't see any evidence to it because if you are the queen of denial Mm -hmm. and you are going to blame me for your actions and no evidence is going to change anything, uh, then I asked if perhaps your date was subconscious 
sabotage mm -hmm. because you never really love me or you don't love me and you can't admit it. And so you're going to use super destructive behavior uh, to take us out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I realized is that that was my blame paradigm. It was my denial full force of my own role in anything and that I wanted to just blame you. So what I actually realized is, is no, like I wasn't actually loving you at what was capable or what I was capable of. And for me to finally own that, it was really, really hard. It was really hard. And there was a moment though, where when you took a stand and you said, I will not this, this, this way that we're interacting will not continue and that I will, we will get divorced and I will be the one that actually will divorce you. And that for me was, it was like line in the sand and it wasn't out of fear. I remember actually crying and laughing at the same time because there was a moment that I realized I was so proud of you. <laughs> I was so proud of you for taking a stand for yourself to say, Hey, I am not this toxic person. I am worthy of love. I know that I'm worthy of love. And this relationship, how we're currently relating, is not loving. And I will not stand for it anymore. And I was like, at the same time, this is where I feel like uh, I literally created the new paradigm or there were two paradigms that were overlapping because I could feel them in me at the same time. <laughs> it's really hard to relate with words. But the old paradigm was like, oh, my God, I'm afraid I'm going to blame Marty. Now Marty's threatening divorce like that would have been the old paradigm. But I was overjoyed, actually. And the new paradigm was like, oh, my God, look at this man in front of me. He finally sees his worth. He finally, finally gets how amazing he is. And I am so happy for him. I am so happy for him for taking that stand because that's the father that I want for our kids. That's the man that I want to love. And whoa, it's like, it's me. And then I had to really own my shit. And I had to really go, oh my God, if I don't get my shit together, I want this man to have the healthiest, happiest life he can have. And if it's me that can't get over my own shit and fear paradigms, then this man has to go. And then I'm going to have to own that and live with that. At the same time that that happened, I also made the commitment where I was like, why well, I can step it up. I can be, I, I know the partner that I can be. It was, we had a lot more conversations after that, but I distinctly remember that, that moment of two worlds colliding, like my old paradigm and my new paradigm at the same time. Well, I had also asked myself, do I want to continue with you and do mm -hmm. I, do I love you? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes, I, I do love you and I want you in my life. And so I also had to make a decision about how the next days, weeks, I don't know, maybe it'll still be months <laughs> I, that I go down is that I, I've been saying to you for a long time about the negating attitudes, about the behavior, mm -hmm. about the shutdown, about me abdicating power. And then most recently in the last few weeks since, you know, before even England was how disempowered I feel. Mm -hmm. It's not only that I, I don't feel power, I feel power taken mm -hmm. from me. And I realized that in a weaker position, I would not forgive and mm -hmm. I would retaliate. Mm -hmm. And I made the decision that I have to somehow behave in a way that is I will not accept the behavior I will not accept from you. Mm -hmm. But when you show 
the other behavior that I want, I will not retaliate and mm-hmm. take it down. Mm-hmm. That I have to somehow find a way to control myself from these these negative paradigms and patterns that I would have towards this, which is the resent that I would build towards you. So I mm-hmm. had to say, okay, well, if I need to move forward, I need to check my resent at the door. But I think that's also why we've had to move slower. Mm-hmm. Because I have to go and I have to like shut things down now. So when we talked about the Queen of Swords and we, we had this a beautiful conversation and we got all the way back to the car minutes after you told me how grateful you are that I identified that we had like an hour long mm-hmm. discussion of how I saw that and how amazing it was. We get back to the car and you say to me, I'm like, whose idea was that? Because you were about to take credit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I shut down mm-hmm. immediately. I wouldn't continue any more conversation because if it kept going, it would go to resent. Mm-hmm. And instead, I'm just not going to accept the behavior. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to allow you to process that mm-hmm. and just ask the question to you, why do you need to do that? Yeah. And so in that moment, and the, the reason that this is working now, and I feel like it's accelerating my learning really quickly, is you, you're shifting your behavior, which then creates a contrast for me and my behavior. So then I ask whoa, where did that come from? So why, why don't I, why can't I give credit? Or why can't I recognize that? Or why do I start either not pay attention to it, deny it, or create a different story around it? And now I see that those are all kind of things or defense mechanisms or ways that I've been in the past. And now it's creating this contrast where I can go, okay, wow, is it that perhaps I'm a, like, again, it goes back to these fear paradigms. Am I afraid that I won't be seen or recognized for my contribution. So then I feel like I have to take other people's contributions or am I not respecting? Am I not great, like grateful? Am I entitled? Um, it's all of these different things that I'm now dismantling. It's, and, and what has to, what's new with me, I feel like is I had to unfold that, that one really big paradigm, which was I'm going to fuck this up because I can feel every time something happens and it happens between us and where it would have, put me right back into the attitude of like, oh my God, see, I tried to do something really good. It was going really good. And then I fucked it up again. And then I wouldn't learn the lesson that's right in front of me. I would just then be able to blame you, blame myself. And it just would keep the spiral going. And now, so now without the denial, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be the queen of swords and have the swords in me. I'm going to take them out and go, okay, I'm wielding swords. And these are very powerful and very sharp. And I can hurt somebody if I'm not paying attention to them. I can put them down I can, they don't have to be in me. I don't have to plunge them back in me if I feel like I've made a mistake, which is again, the patterns. And so now I can actually start to realize, wow, this is, these are ways of being that aren't serving me anymore and that you're helping me to see. So now when something happens, I have gratitude. I'm like, Oh God, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Marty. Here's another opportunity to, for me to see and to have me reflected back through you. Like, Oh, here's another chance. Here's another opportunity. So it's been like two weeks of this yeah. and there's been breakdown every day, Yeah. but I want to paint the picture correctly mm-hmm. and I want to bring some of the value of our open relationship and polyamory to this and how that kind of holds us up. Yes. But like to go back, we, we've now had breakthrough days Really great every days. day. Yeah. There's been a breakthrough and every day by the end of the day, <laughs> there's been sometimes massive breakdown yeah and often it comes from sabotage yeah and often it comes from 
you know, uh, and I have to own my own shit. There's sometimes it comes from now I'm gun shy and I'm a little oversensitive mm-hmm. and there are moments where, where, uh, small things get really big mm-hmm. and I have to cool off and I have to bring it back down to reality mm-hmm. until it's right sized. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but now there's been, you know, there was breakdown last night mm-hmm. there and it's uh, this elitist standpoint, which yeah. is this like victim behavior. Like I often see, and have experienced myself that victimhood, the experience of being a victim that can flip on its head and be all of a sudden entitled mm-hmm. elitist where it's like, Oh, I shouldn't have this. or I don't deserve this because there's no ownership and mm-hmm. that you're your own victim. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I've learned this myself in many cases where I, I was playing the victim and became entitled and, and had to break those paradigms and still do. But, uh, the open part and the, the relationship structure that helps us quite a bit. And, and I have noticed is that one of the things that this has done is killed my sex drive. Mm. Right. But like current this, this current interaction, yeah. like mm. I, it's distanced us because we have to focus on what's right in front of us, which is <clears throat> the emotional, spiritual and, you know, relational mm-hmm. uh, to each other. Yeah. There has to be trust built back. Yeah. Which we're both committed to right. where I feel very strongly. I feel like, uh, I don't want to derail you though, but yeah, I have another comment. Yeah. I do. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, this is where I, I'm grateful for Kyle's role in your life. Mm. Because I think maybe in a monogamous relationship in our past, the withholding of sex might be a, uh, an additional anchor or an additional breakdown to the relationship. Mm-hmm. But you have loving sexual, uh, admiration and energy coming from him that fulfills that role for you mm-hmm. from afar for right now well, from Chicago while, yeah. while we compartmentalize. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I have love and affection from my other significant other yes. that, that allows me to feel whole and satisfied mm-hmm. in, in that area so I can compartmentalize with you. Yeah. And they've both been supporting both of us. Yeah. They both been have been with Kyle yeah. and I, and other tribu members, like this is yeah. also kind of polyamory without the sex there are in our tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, my Brazilian friend, we spent, you know, from one o'clock to four o'clock in the morning on the phone mm-hmm. where he revealed his whole world and what's going on for him and then listened to mm-hmm. my whole world. And we were able to support each other yeah. in this breakdown. So now because we have this intimacy that's allowed and yeah. these other relationships that's allowed. We're not a doing it alone. Mm-hmm. B, we're able to get the support we need. Yeah. C, we're From able to. Perspective. Yeah, we're not mm-hmm. like falling apart everywhere. No. So we can compartmentalize and focus. I feel like we're still very good parents. We're do- I think we're great. We're good partners for each other right Ooh. now. Working on the great. We had a breakthrough just- with Emery <laughs> is that you're actually willing to accept this as a career. I know. And that, and that you're accepting the feedback that we're getting, and you're accepting yeah. the fact that we. You know, people are subscribing to your Patreon uh, and that there you have supporters yeah. and that and that we can actually work together. Yeah. This, this has been a, a breakthrough for me. I haven't been able to work with you for years. Well, no, because I thought every time that if I didn't do something like if you gave me any feedback, I would I would use it to inflict pain on myself to be like, see, there I go. I, I fuck it up client, again. I know. Right. You quit your job. Uh huh. You took a leap. Uh-huh. We couldn't afford you to quit your job. And I said, go all in because yeah. I'm a risk taker. I'm on my fifth business. I'm like, let's go. Yep. I'll step it up. I'll bartend if I need to. I'll drive lift. And the crazy part is you look down on me for driving lift. 
Mm-hmm. You look down on me for bartending, banquet serving. Like, I'll do anything. Like, guys, I'm hard to kill because I just, <laughs> nothing's beneath me. And I would tell my employees, you go into a, a client's office that we go into, sometimes they're in crisis. If taking the garbage out helps them ease their mind and take mm-hmm. out noise, take the garbage out. It's not beneath you. Yeah. Be supportive. Yeah. Right? And you're, you're, you'd look down on me for all that. And then mm-hmm. you take and quit this job and I give you five clients. Mm-hmm including a really big one. And you resented me for six months because you thought I was pigeonholing you. I didn't even, yeah. give you, I didn't even tell you how to, to, to engage. No, the nothing, like, Here's an intro. But everything though was through that paradigm though of like, I have to do it right. And, and now, yourself. yeah. And myself, Oh God, that's been a big one too, to let go of. But now I want to talk about a couple of the, I think breakthrough moments that I've, I've had and the way that I'm experiencing myself now. So now I can see if I get that pit in my stomach, I'm listening to my body. And if I get triggered, I own that trigger, right? I don't say, oh, you did this to me. I'm like, well, I still kind of do. (laughs) But I'm getting much quicker, much quicker, because I can identify it in the moment. And I'm like, okay, this is happening. What's actually happening? And then I can talk myself through to go, oh, this is when I'm playing either the victim role or thinking that I need to do it right, but there's nothing to be done right. And then I can start loosening that up. And that's why it's actually been so fun to work with you recently because you're so fucking good at this and so quick. And I've taken, like I've let go of the I need to do it all myself piece and I get to just appreciate you and appreciate you for all the knowledge that you have in the, the digital time, world. And I'm like, fuck, he's sexy. Look at how good. For the first this time is. I feel appreciated. Yeah. You know, um, and like for the first time, it's like being seen that like part of the reason we can do this is I have a, a strong range in technology mm-hmm. and I can do all of this work and I feel seen. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like that's that's what it's done is I can see you without the filter that I was putting on you. One other experience was the rental car. Oh, yeah. And this was also a new experience for me because I felt hurt. Yeah. I'll describe that one really quick. We rented a car together that had... It said online you can fit four suitcases in there and we get the car and we can't fit four suitcases. It's small. It's a really small car. And the, you're expressing, you're like, Hey, this, this won't work for us. We need our suitcases. And you're like, call the rental car company and, and Cause you speak French. It. Cause I speak French, right? I, I speak can't French. call. Normally I would just do it. Yeah, exactly. So I call and I think where I could have already from that first trigger, I could have taken that as, Oh shit, I fucked it up. You know, Oh shit, I didn't do it right. But I didn't. I was like, Oh, we just need a different car. But what's crazy here is we actually, in this process of healing, co-created and and worked together to rent this car. So we chose this yeah. original car together. Yeah. So there isn't even blame to take. No. Right. No, exactly. So like the and in the past, I would have. In the past, yeah. Megan would filter everything I was saying. I'd be yeah. like, say this exactly. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm a skilled negotiator. I've studied negotiation. That and I worked for a rental car company. I know their games. I know what they can do. I know what they can't do. Right. Yep. And this guy was not cooperative. He was not cooperative. So here's in the past again, I would have to avoid conflict with him because the needs, this is when I started to learn needs and your needs, because I, I wouldn't have been able to see or understand or even identified myself as a partner, a partner that is able to meet my partner's needs. Right. Cause I couldn't see my own. I couldn't see your needs. I couldn't, Identify those. And my needs uh-huh. were I do not want to put a suitcase between our children. Yes. In a small car when it was advertised to fit five bags and it doesn't. And we will cooperate with this guy, but he literally told us he can't do anything no. for us. He's like, you need to call, to call the other company. Agency. I'm like, 
No, no. you do, <laughs> mister. Yes. Right? Like, you need to find another car in your own fleet. Yes. Like, I don't have a computer for your organization. I don't know where the other rental car is. So don't I'm translating French. this. <laughs> I'm translating this, and I'm allowing it to pass through me without taking ownership of it, without with actually understanding that I was standing for your needs. I was being a part of those standing for, well, yeah, I can say our needs, really, but our kids' needs, it's our family's needs, but how, what was powerful for me in that moment to understand that these are, these are your needs and I have the opportunity to, and where I would have, God, this seems crazy now, but so many times in our past, I threw you under the bus because I, I was afraid of conflict. I didn't want to have conflict with other people. You want to look bad. So I, because I didn't want to look bad. God, that fucking paradigm. Um, I didn't want to look bad. So I wouldn't create conflict with other people and then I wouldn't, I would sacrifice you. I would literally sacrifice your needs, Marty. And it create just, conflict with me. and then create conflict with you to be like, I will do anything to not have conflict with other people, but I will do it and I will create conflict with my husband. And so this experience was the complete opposite. It was like, Great. Call the, call the guy, talk to him. He, he, by standing firm and creating conflict with him and holding the line there, he found a car. He's like, okay, you can come by in an hour, pick it up. You and I, we put the kids in the, you know, and just, uh, enjoyed an hour before we had to go pick up a, another car. And it was beautiful. And I was, with no I, extra cost. With no, yeah, no extra cost. That was even the bonus. But on top. we really but, got it fully resolved on my negotiation yes. strategy. Because I worked in these organizations, I was heard. I was, I felt heard. I felt like I could get, I could do what I could do to protect my children. Yeah. I could do what I do because I have this experience in this industry because like this guy stonewalled us out of the gate and I'm not going to accept that. And because look, I've worked really hard in my tech world. I, I know that Google reviews are powerful if you're a, a local guide and I've been working really hard and I have a status that my my reviews stick at the top and a one-star review for me hurts uh-huh. I'm a power reviewer and a five-star review for me helps and I help more organizations like create little shops be found yeah right but I can also give you a one-star review and I can and we can position that and they don't want that and then mm-hmm. this motivation led to us getting exactly what we needed mm-hmm. right and we're happy and it works. And yeah. we went to this car for two weeks and we're spending lots of money on this car. Yeah. And I felt relieved. Yeah. And for me, I had the experience of, wow, I can be a partner to Marty that, that can meet his needs or, or even just communicate if I can't in those, in the moment. But to have that experience of me to actually go, wow, this is what it feels like to prioritize my partner's needs to actually be a partner that's that, that's that capable. And so now I have. I have a different view of myself even in the relationship. And now it's like, this is where it's hard because then I get all of these experiences from the past, everything that I blamed you for. And it floods back in with a different filter and it floods back in like, Oh shit. No wonder we kept on having conflict there. No wonder you felt sacrificed and thrown under the bus and, and dispensable. Like I wasn't, I wasn't taking a stand. I wasn't acknowledging God. There's so many layers to this. I wasn't acknowledging your needs. I wasn't prioritizing them because, and again, everything goes back to people are a mirror for ourselves. Like, of course, I couldn't prioritize your needs because I wasn't, I was in denial about my own. And so the being in denial then created me to just not deal with my own needs or communicate them or understand them. So how the fuck could I have been a partner that could understand, ask for, or fulfill that if I couldn't do it for myself? So everything is now folding back in in a good way where I realize the more, transformation I have with myself, the more 
space and self-love I can give, I can give. And the more I can trust myself, the more I can trust you. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do any of that. And it just, I want to give our audience some advice. Yes. Because we have an audience. We do. Because you have a business. Mm. Because people are supporting you financially, emotionally. They're giving you feedback. People are saying in reviews how this is helping them communicate with their partner. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give some feedback from my perspective. Okay. There are a couple of things that have happened. One, no, one, you have to work on your own health, not Mm -hmm. on your partner's health. And now that I've worked on my own health and I've gotten to a place of safety and strength Mm -hmm. and I put my foot down, I have to not also retaliate. Mm -hmm. So I have to take responsibility for my well-being and I have to have compassion for you needing to get to a place of safety on Mm -hmm. your own. Yes. I can't do it for you. Wait, hold on. mm -hmm. I can't do it for you. I can't resent you when you're doing things positively. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't bite on the fights. Mm -hmm. Can't do that. Right. So I still have to have my hands tied a little bit. Right. I have to, I have to give you where credit, I have to give you credit where credit's due. I can't guess for you anymore. Mm-mm. In fact, I won't. Yeah. Right. If I can even see it, it happened last night. Mm-hmm. You're like passively making statements and normally I would jump in and be like, I'll do that for you. Mm-hmm. No, no, not until you directly yeah. ask me for what you need. Will I do anything <laughs> for you? And I won't beat you up for mistakes. Yeah. Like you're going to make a lot of mistakes in this process and you're going to stumble to this skill. and failure is okay. Mm-hmm. I prefer you failing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the other thing that I want to get to. And this is for men or women, whoever's in my position in this, whoever is being necessarily apologized to, mm-hmm. whoever could go into resent towards mm-hmm. the other person. There is also something that I'm going through, which is a grieving process of our past. Mm-hmm. I have to not, retaliate for questioning if you ever loved me in the Mm -hmm. first place. And I have to want, desire, and accept a new version of you, a new love from you, a new relationship with you, one that isn't me holding on to the past version of you Mm -hmm. because I'm grieving that past version of you. Mm -hmm. It is one that says that, that I have faith and confidence in this new version of you and this new version of me having a new version of love that has almost nothing to do with the past version mm-hmm. and, and really letting go of that nostalgia of wishing I could go and change all of those past interactions and also allowing for myself to see those past interactions or have these memory recalls and be like, Oh shit, that was another function. And without coming back to you and being like, Oh, you did this and you yeah. did this and you did this and you did this. I can just be like, okay, she's working on mm-hmm. like that paradigm and that, that breakdown is understood. She knows she operates from fear. She knows that she shut me down. She knows that she negates me. I don't need to keep piling evidence Mm -hmm. on top of that. I do need to grieve those moments. Mm -hmm. I need to move through those myself. Mm -hmm. I need to not hang on to them or resist them because that's suffering. I Mm -hmm. need to just feel those moments of pain. Say, all right, trust. She's working on these things going Mm -hmm. forward, and I'm not going to have a life filled with these in the future. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing I'm giving evidence or giving advice on is, if you're going to shift your relationship, you can't take past things and shove them in your future mm-hmm. and then resent, regret and blame and hold on to. You need to let go of mm-hmm. like grieve them, feel them. Don't hang on to them. Yeah. Or else you create it again. But yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to put you back yeah. in a position you don't want to be in. Yeah. I don't want you in that position. Yeah. Thank you. I want you in this new version and I want me in this new version. Yeah. And the new version of me doesn't hang on to that <laughs> shit. The old version of me would hang on to that yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. 
So that's so my advice. Awesome. So leveling up. Thank you. I think for me, anyone that's in my position, the lessons that I've learned are, it, it just all starts with us. It all starts in inside. It starts in any change starts within you and where I wasn't recognizing that I'm the one that creates the safety for myself. That's not something I can put on you. And the that's fear. my work. Yeah, exactly. And I'm the one that creates the fear <laughs> from, for myself or with other people. So I, if you're oriented to your partner, I think that we talk about that word a lot, but that means a lot to me is how do we orient ourselves to our partner? So when you think about your partner, what comes up? Um, how do you think they would react? And there's that's where for me, I need to own my own fear paradigms. And now I get to replace them with trust, with trust, trust for myself and a new actually a new identity for myself that I'm a partner that can meet my partner's needs. Um, and if I can't, then I can communicate those. And I'm a partner that understands my own needs and I can communicate in those requests, those needs to be met. And it's a really different experience it's it's very empowering and uh when it's going well it is yeah yeah and it's been amazing these days have been amazing yeah and i love you in a different way and better way now yeah. than i did before and i'm falling in love with you mm, again thank you so i'm going to use some of my strength for you right now okay and in this career you've chosen so audience members because we now know <laughs> there's more than one amory has a patreon page and that Patreon page has different tiers. If you want to support the inquiry alone that we're in, these conversations, we ask for two bucks a month. So like a Starbucks. Buy us a cup of coffee <laughs> every month. Um, then there are other things. Like we've been writing some articles and we're putting some posts up. Yeah. And I've been driving that ship because I can. And I have a lot of questions that have been coming at me about what I've done. So there's there's posts that are behind a $10 subscription, which they're are amazing. They're which, so insightful, which is like one of Megan's is the fear. What you fear is what you create. Mm -hmm. Mine are some of these ways that relate to each other. Mm -hmm. We're going to put up some goofy photos. <laughs> I have decided that's where I'm going to put my before and after photos oh. of transformation. There's a $20 tier, which is going to be monthly webinars. This mm -hmm. is the first one's being scheduled shortly. We're just working out the last details of uh, exactly when I have to get kids covered, babysat wise. <laughs> that we're going to do every month where you can ask us direct questions yeah. and we're going to answer them and record that and have some exclusive content there. And Megan is committing to this platform mm -hmm. and she's got, I think it's 250 pages in her journal. Yeah. So we're going to start sharing these, these really excerpts from my journal, really detailed, deep, raw, raw, vulnerable. It's yeah, it's all in there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And so the posts are growing almost daily. Yeah. What I'm committed to as well is the whole reason that I allowed myself to look this bad, which I, I know I do. And I know I did on this podcast, but all for a really good reason is to get over using that, that paradigm on myself. Um, what I'm really committed to is people having healthier relationships. And the whole reason that we had this conversation and sharing and being this vulnerable was so that people could identify with us. And so if you're going through a time where you're both shifting. I, I want to create more materials like that. So imagine a podcast that's more like a guided conversation um, so that you can identify your needs, identify and understand your partner's needs. So it'll be, I'll put more stuff on the Patreon, uh, Patreon subscription for you know, people that, that want to continue exploring here's a stand in a guided take. way. Here's the stand I'm going to take. Megan, you were shit 
asking for your your income in your career. Your elitist kind of <laughs> entitled thing is, I need to have thousand dollar transaction. Like you need to have a dollar transaction, right? <laughs> yeah. This is this is going. To, this is your career. This is what mm-hmm. you're aiming at. You need to make money on this. Yeah. Right. There's quality stuff to offer, uh, and Patreon's an easy way to do it. It really is. Right. And it's a small ask and pouring a ton of crap into it not crap good stuff into it maybe some crap like i, I put a goofy photo of us, of us in, in bed, bed. <laughs> uh but like the the focus of this is really like you don't have to sacrifice good for great no right this is a really another thing i just told a friend today mm-hmm. don't let great get in the way of good yeah okay yeah. we're not i'm not writing a nobel laureate piece here this is i'm not winning a peace prize i'm not an author of like, you know, I, I'm still learning grammar. Like people are like, Hey, what languages do you speak? I'm like, I'm learning English. Yeah. <laughs> right? Another level. Calm down on how long this is. She's giving me this wrap up thing as if we have this time limit, but this is an open podcast. Sure, right? Stop giving me the wrap up signal. Calm down. 70 minutes. People don't want to listen to yeah. 70 minutes. You can shut it off. Right? <laughs> Relax. All right. Oh, this yeah. is this is own it. You're yeah. good. All right. If you're mad at us for 70 minutes instead of 60 minutes, just say so. We'll listen to you. You can follow us you on Instagram. Say, hey, you can send shorter. us a message. You can be like, okay. hey, I want, we're going to do shorter clips, but we're yeah. going to put them in Amory. And it's going to yeah. have to be something you pay for yeah. because we need to make a career because we need to feed the kids. Yes. And because this is our focus. This is. I'm super committed in everything that's happened over the last two weeks. I realized that my fear response is to run. And what I'm retraining myself is every time I feel that afraid, I double down, but I'm going even more into it. So how, how committed and how in love I am with you right now, Marty, it's like double. It's like, all right, this is it. This is, I've known that you're my learning partner, my life partner, that I'm, I'm just, I'm fucking in. And it's the same thing with Amory. I think up until last week, I was like, well, this is kind of cool. We'll test it out. It's kind of getting some good, some good feedback. And I'm like, this is it. This is, this is it. Like, this is my fucking path. This is, I'm super committed to it. Every time I get afraid, I do, I'm going to just lean into it more. It kills uh, me. And folks, this is what kills me. (laughs) I I have built my own digital product in the past around training. I've sold like $30,000 of it to customers. I have built, this is my fifth company I've built. I've helped other people with their digital platforms. I have helped a D-level celebrity, a reality celebrity sell 500 grand in digital product over six months. I've done this before. I've seen total failure. I have a hundred of my ideas and a hundred of other people's ideas. And I see so much, so much <laughs> care, so many, so much traction, mm-hmm. so many people engaged in the conversation, so many people reaching out to you, so yeah. much, act, so much support that I'm like, Megan, you have, you have everything you want here. You can't deny it anymore. Mm-hmm. You can't no, be the queen of denial. <laughs> I'm not going to let you be the queen of denial. This is what you're doing. This is it. This is it. This is it. It's a big path. But it's also, that's why it's that scary. It's kind of like a new relationship. I'm not scared. And I said, well, you're not scared because it's not like, I I don't know. We connect to this differently. I feel like this is my path. And that's why you've always said this is mine. Even if you've been very active in it, it's mine. And I I know that it is. But it's it's a new relationship. I remember even telling, I told you and I I specifically told Kyle when we were in uh, Cotswold in England that I feel like this, Amory is a new relationship. And it's scary Anytime you get into a relationship, it's really scary to commit fully. And that's what I've just gone through, which is this like, oh, God, oh, God, I want to pull back because it's scary and it's making me insecure. And I'm, I'm seeing my insecurities through it. 
And so by seeing my insecurities through it, I just, my reaction has been like, Oh God, fear, fear, back up, back up, back up. And now, now with this gratitude, I can be like, Oh, thank you. This is, this is the path. Like I'm really committed to this. I have the perfect wrap up for this episode. Okay. Yes, please. I'm recommitting to you. Mm. Are you recommitting I to me? I am 110% recommitting to you. I'm committed to Amory. Are you committed to Amory? 110%. And so to our audience, we're committed to you. Yes, 110%. Right? And yeah. and that's it. This is the this is the recommitment episode. Yeah. Mm. And it had to go through massive, almost complete breakdown mm-hmm. that was supported by our tribe, by our mm. tribu, by our other significant others. Yep. Like directly, not even just Kyle supporting you, but Kyle supporting me. Me yeah. and him are in text messages while I'm fighting with you. Yeah. And he's like giving me love. Same thing with your lover that I'm receiving or I was receiving messages from her along the way. That's it. We're at, at 73 minutes. Okay. You happy? Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Amory. If you found value in this, it sparked a conversation with you and your partner or partners, you found better inquiries for yourself, you got some insights, you felt some growth, or you just like hearing us talk, I encourage you to check out our Patreon page. And if you have the means, subscribe. We have levels that are just $2, like you're buying us a cup of coffee every month. Or perhaps you can afford to buy us a lunch at a cheap location for 10 bucks a month. Or you can go all in on a dinner, whatever it is. We'd love to have your support. We'd love to be able to continue this conversation ongoing uh, and really bring love into the world because that's what it's all about. So if you like it and you have the means and you feel so inclined, please check it out. We appreciate you. We love you. Love more. Be well. You can find our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Amory podcast. The link is in the show notes. Thanks again.